Hello and welcome to Mark and Paul's Opinion Hour. Although today, with the outrageous twist that for this episode, Paul is not here. I got a WhatsApp yesterday to say that he's, and I quote, royally fucked up and double booked. Didn't even have the decency to say what was more important than the podcast. I'm going to assume it was life and death. Otherwise, Paul needs to seriously reassess his priorities. So, it's just the Baron Brothers here tonight to discuss this episode's topic, apocryphal tales, or if you prefer, urban myths. Paul was going to do the intro for this episode, and at such short notice, I've not really had a chance to write one like we normally would. Had Paul been here, I've no doubt that the intro would have been jam-packed with inadvertent puns, inadvertent in heavy quote marks there. But as a nod to the great man, let's see if we can rustle up a couple of shitty puns for you. Okay, so how about, Paul was meant to be here tonight, yet he put his big foot in it and has failed to turn up. There you go, that'll have to tide you over until the next episode, when I'm sure Paul will be back as punny and funny as ever. So we'll just move straight on with this episode. Stand by. Hi, Neil. Hello, Mark. This is weird, isn't it, without it is Paul? quite weird. Just the two of us. Yeah. I mean, it's not the first time the two of us have sat and had a conversation together. But I know. But somehow having all the microphones here, it feels like... Makes it a little bit more formal, doesn't it? Really it really does, yeah. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to mention about last week, on this was like only something that sort of cropped up again when I listened back. Remember a couple of weeks ago when I left the room and you were slagging me off behind my back? Yes. Imagine my surprise... When you talked about me behind my back again last week when I left the room, yep. I've actually got it queued up here. I'm just oh, going right, to play okay, it for yeah. you. Keep quiet, Neil. Keep quiet, because he's still he's recording. <laughs> I really like Mark, actually. I don't say it enough. I love his I love his hair. I like his hair. I just like his whole demeanour. I love mm. him. He's a really nice, kind chap. He is. Isn't he? He is. Isn't he? And his, uh, uh, his, this, I love his shirt tonight. It's a nice shirt, actually. I was going to mention it to him. But I haven't said it's that a yet. lovely chat. It's a brown. You don't often see brown check. You don't often. And you've got to be. You got. You got to have some confidence. Yeah. To pull it off. And he does. He does. And then I'm back in the room, <laughs> and you both shut up. I don't know what's worse, slagging me off behind my back, or only complimenting me behind my back. Why wouldn't you say those things to my face? Well, we were the, the busy record. You know, we didn't have time that to. That is exactly the sort of oxygen my fragile ego ego needs to survive. Well, maybe you're we, starving me of that oxygen. Maybe we knew that you would listen to it at some point and would actually hear well, it, and it might be a nice way to, to hear that sort of compliment. It's just only being able to hear these things clandestinely from your own brother. It's, not, <laughs> it's just didn't feel quite right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, well, that was something that I noticed as I was listening back last time. But I appreciate I mean, and the shirt, it, it felt like a bit of a swing. And it I was, was like, yeah. I could have used that. Well, um, you're, you're right, actually. I, I, I really should have mentioned the shirt. It yeah. was... It's not the sort of thing you normally wear, but it it it, was, it worked. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, well, th- thank you. Even though it was only covertly, I was able to sort of like elicit that that sentiment from you. But I appreciate it all the same. It's better than nothing, isn't it? Something else since our since we last recorded is Paul Bryn. You know our friend Bryn. I know Bryn. Yep. Husband of Sarah, who's emailed in a few times. Yep. We went and did a pub quiz. Oh, you did. I was supposed to come, didn't I? And That's I right. You couldn't you, make it. Yeah, you bailed. Paperwork. Yeah, we could have used you actually. We came. I think it was fourth out of six teams. Oh, that's not great. Yeah, it's not great. But we did pretty well as well. I think there were some decent teams there. In all fairness, a bit of cheating probably. Maybe. In fact, I think Paul did did say that was somebody we saw on his phone. But Paul did well actually. He he's a pretty good little quizzer, isn't he? I mean, 
He's the, the quiz, kicking my ass. The quiz schools. Yeah, I know. They speak for themselves. Really, I, I think he got like a hundred percent on the music round, so oh, it was like good. right in his wheelhouse. It was yeah. also like eighties and like nineties yeah. stuff. But yeah, he did pretty good. Actually, with that. while you're talking about Nathan, I did bump into him today. Oh, really? And he mentioned that the quiz wasn't very good on the last the last episode. I mean, I think it was mentioned on the on the on the record that it wasn't very listener friendly. Yeah, I mean, obviously, tasting for a, from yeah. a listener's perspective. He did say though that he did manage to guess one of the answers really? by your description. <laughs> What was that? It was the Poppadom. He said, oh, that'll be oh, a walking really? sensation. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That's pretty good. So, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I'm going to do something different tonight. Or something not so different, a bit more traditional. Fantastic. Speaking of Bryn, though, we have had a bit of correspondence in since last week from Bryn. I think it was because I was down the pub. Every time I see people who listen to the podcast, they have all these opinions. And I was like, well, don't tell me now. Email mm, in so right, we can put it in. Right so in. he did, in all fairness. He's emailed it. So here he is. Morning. This was going to be a text, but thought you'd like it as an email. I did. I told you that explicitly. Re-world records that you could do. In many ways, I am in agreement with Mark. Oh, here we go. That his is the same as Neil's duck example. <laughs> Neil could break the record, but it would cost him £1,500. Therefore, he's not going to do it. Mark could break the marshmallow record in, with training, potentially. However, it would cost him a foot later in life, so he's not going to do it. However, he does go on to say... That the record Mark chose was entirely dependent on consumption of sugar is fucking ridiculous. (laughs) And he should simply have chosen the consumption of almonds instead. Twat. Yes. Right, thanks, Brim. Anyway, he continues, thoroughly enjoying the pod slash cast. Neil's a great addition to the team. Oh, nice, nice to see. I think we've kind of put that to bed now. No, I think no, every, no. everyone know everyone's unanimously likes Neil. Yep. Thinks it's a good addition. Yep. Thinks you somehow temper the raw yep. energy of Paul and I. Oh, is that is that a good thing? No, that was just my own. <laughs> oh, that's your, that's that's your take on it, right? Thought. But yeah, no, I agree. You, you are a great addition to the team. Still, he so he did bring this up when we were at the pub, and I'm sort of. Loath to mention it, really, but he can't believe that I wasn't offering to babysit for you when you were talking about you and George couldn't go to pub quizzes. Oh, really? Okay. No, I don't really want to, you know, air our dirty laundry or anything, but... You have babysat. I have babysat, but I'm not, like, probably top of the list in terms of... I've only babysat where your kids have been pretty much asleep. Yeah, so I'm more, you know, I'm happy You've to do that. You've babysat for us more than anyone else has babysat for us. So. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there, there you go then, Brim. Fuck you. Brim does go on. He's got he some... He does pro- go on, doesn't he? He does <laughs> go on. He's got some proposed topics here. Uh, cool. Weddings and fashion. Is no? that one topic or is that... No, I think it's two topics. Okay. Weddings I like. Yeah. Because I have some strong opinions. I love weddings. Yeah. So I have some strong opinions about that. So I maybe put we, it on the list. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I have put it on the list. Okay. Fashion. So that's come up before. I know nothing about fashion. No. I'd be willing to give it a go if there was a strong contingent that wanted to hear it. But yeah. Paul's daughter wasn't in the woods. Just that. I she think. mentioned boats and coats. Boats and coats. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so you know we could include that. We could do it with boats yeah. and coats. Other topics that Bryn has thought of is billionaires. Force for good or evil? Mm, I think that's a bit too serious a topic. Yeah, you're probably right. University versus work, as in straight from school. Does he know what we do on this podcast? Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Does he listen? Does Sarah listen? He also mentioned Christmas, so that's already on the list. I think we're going to probably do a Christmas one. At Christmas. Bosses? No, that's just dangerous, isn't it? No way, I'm not going down that road. (laughs) Definitely not. And kids, good, bad or evil necessity? Evil necessity, that's an interesting In terms of the, you know, propagating the human race. And again, on the list, Bryn, but thanks thanks for writing in. Again, if anyone else would like to correspond with us, this is how you can do it. Markapool's opinion are at gmail.com 
Can I mention one thing about Bryn while we're on the subject? Please do. He mentioned last week that I should check my business's social media policy. Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah. (laughs) And what I want to make crystal clear, and perhaps we could do, I don't know if you can go back and and put this ahead of any other previous episodes. Maybe. The views I I discuss on this uh, show are my own and not necessarily those of the John Lewis Partnership. I think I need to make that perfectly clear. Excellent. If you want, I can put that over some funny music, <laughs> if that would help. I don't know. Yeah, with a boo 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 at the end. <laughs> okay, well, that's... Maybe for next Something time. To think about it. Excellent. Yeah, well, if you're listening, Waitrose, I think, you know, he looks like yeah. he really means it. So, I do, yeah. I do. I think that's pretty much all we have, so we're just going to ding the bell and crack on with this week's episode. Let's do it. Here we go. Going back to our school days, we're going to talk about apocryphal tales we heard around the classroom, the playground, things that we we picked up at school. Now we need to be careful here. Again, we're not we're not slandering any no. real people. So no. I think we've both kind of avoided doing that. I think we? so. Yeah. 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 There were some we could have, we could have. Yeah, done. a few crossed my mind. That would be, oh, that would be funny. But yeah, um, I think it's, it's safest to uh, I th- I fairest. Think so. I think so. Yeah. Considering that ninety percent of the people that listen to this are people that we went to school with. Exactly. And I'm sure not that, not that any of them are any of the stories I have are about those people, but. It's quite hard to keep it anonymous. When... If, you, if you want to hear slanderous stories about the people I went to school with, then buy me a pint yeah, one day. Quite, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do, like it, do, it old, do it the old-fashioned way. <laughs> buy me a drink and then I'll, I'll tell you everything. Yeah. So the one I've got is something that I, I was under the impression it was pretty widely known, but we talked about it briefly before the record and yep. you hadn't heard of it i don't think i had no so hangman's hill is what i've i've, I've heard it known as oh, it sounds ominous yeah so it was and also i've had a, I had a quick look on the internet when i was doing a little bit of research and it's not just the one i'm aware of there are other instances of this phenomenon right. basically it's lansdowne hill do you know lansdowne hill on the way oh, to bath, in bath yeah. yeah do you know where bath races is yeah yeah tracy yeah. park golf club okay yeah it's it's there basically vaguely yeah, yeah. so it was the Theory is, or the the conspiracy, not conspiracy theory, the the tale, is that there is an an area on this hill where if you park a car and leave it in neutral with the handbrake off, Mm -hmm. the car goes up the hill. Right. It rolls up the hill. Yeah, okay. And it is an area where I think, I believe, people used to be hanged. Right, okay. Hence, hang, Hangman's Hill. And, were, and are, is, was there some kind of correlation between that? Was there like malevolent spirits that are yeah, pushing the cars up the I, hill? I guess, I guess, yeah. I don't know right. about that bit. But I remember doing it. I remember going when I was in the sixth form yeah. to this place. But hang on, did you have it like in first gear or something? Where it was just going to go, it's just going to go anyway. If you take no, engine, off engine was off. Right. Yeah, engine was off. It yep. was left in neutral and the handbrake was taken off. And I was with a group of friends I was at sixth form with. It wasn't my car. Mm-hmm. But what I would say... Our experience was yeah. that the car did move. Hang on, are you telling me that you've experienced a supernatural phenomenon here? Are you, are you, are you... No, because at the time I remember thinking, I'm not sure that's uphill. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is like there is a hill that's going upwards. Yeah. But I think the part of the hill we were on wasn't actually going up. I think it was... Going down. Going down. <laughs> <laughs> that's genius. And... When I was doing this this research, the the other place it was somewhere else in in the UK. I, f- I forget where it was, mm-hmm. um, and it's exactly the same story. Yeah, but it was the analysis of this area was it was a bit of an optical illusion. Okay, it is like on a hill that is going up, but that particular part of it was actually going down. So it looked it didn't look surely like it was going you, up. You can perceive that. Like you can see, surely it's like obviously it's yeah. You're a human. You're a human. You're so used to 
experiencing the laws of physics that I just can't believe anyone that could be like a well, like I said, illusion. This, this is something that I we went there on on the night. Yep. And we were all like, "This is the place." Yep. Someone someone knew exactly where it was, and we took the handbrake off. We watched it happen, and there were people that were there that were like. Wow, that is actually working. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. But I was more skeptical. I have, I have to say. And there's definitely like the driver didn't like it wasn't like an automatic or something, and he was or it was like a hybrid. It was just an electric did motor. Not exist, right? Okay. In the 1990s. Right. Okay. So yeah, that was the the one that I had. It's amazing that you never. I don't remember you ever telling me that because you know if you truly thought that you just experienced this like miracle. No, I mean I once did a Ouija board where we found Elvis, who said he lived in Camden Market. I didn't tell you that either because I didn't really believe it. Yeah. How does that work then? I've never done a Ouija board, but it's just that people kind of I force it. Yeah, you know, basically. And... There's some, someone in the room or, yeah. or yeah, you sort of, between you, you're yep. kind of... Do you know where the it. name Ouija comes from? I do not. It's, it is both the uh, French and German for, yes, we are. Oh, really? Fun fact. But going back to a bit more sort of parochial... Sorry, back to the school days. So, yeah. the one I remember from from school, because we we grew up in a sort of bit of a sleepy suburb in Bristol, but we were quite blessed where we grew up, that there was a fair amount of countryside and farmland within, like, walkable distance from our house, yeah? So this is the thing I remember, and this is apparently quite a common one all around the world, cow tipping. Oh, yes. Yeah, you, yeah. You've heard of cow tipping, I, I have, assume. actually. I, I, when I was starting to do my research, I made a note to look into cow tipping. Oh, really? And just didn't get around to it. Oh, well, don't worry. I've you've got done a, it all for I've me. got a load of stuff good, here. Good. So, But I distinctly remember... Friend, now, I don't remember specifically who, so again, I can't give any names. Friend of a friend, by any chance? Friend of a friend, yeah. yeah. No, but I'm sure people in my year... They'd obviously heard about this thing, and they claimed they had. And I can even remember the field they said they did it in. Hillyfields. No, it wasn't. It was remember the one at the top of Church Road. There used to be cows right at the yes. top of Church Road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in yeah. that field. Somebody right. told me. But yeah. Again, I don't remember who. And the whole thing is, the cows sleep standing up. Apparently, that's they, horses, isn't it? They don't really. Yeah, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. And they sneak up on them and just push them over. Yeah. and run away. So, firstly, cows when they sleep deep sleep, they do that lying down. Yeah, they do. Or when it's raining. Or it might be about to rain. They lie down, don't they? Yeah, they lie down sometimes, yeah, for, yeah. If it's, if for other reasons. So yeah. they can lie down. But when they do their deep sleeping, they're always let down. They do, they can sort of light sleep when they stand up. Just a doze. Like a yeah, exactly. Exactly. Winks? How many winks? 20, 20, 20 winks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 40 winks, that's a, that's a whole night's sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the reason why this has probably never, ever happened. So vets do sometimes have to, put cows on the side in order to perform certain procedures with them so i was reading about how vets do this and there's quite a complicated thing it takes a whole team of people they need to sort of hobble the cow with ropes and it's all very delicate and there's a very specific thing to do it in order to get them on the side just thinking that you could just go up to them and put them on their side that's not really how it works Cows are prey animals, so they've evolved to be incredibly wary of their surroundings and potential danger Basically, the thought of being able to sneak up on a cow without them knowing about it <laughs> is, is just unthinkable. That's, just, that's not how it works. And then there's the matter of the actual brute force required to tip a cow. So, in 2005, a University of British Columbia student, Tracy Bochler, Boch, Bochler something like that, and Doctor of Zoology Margot Lilly, they ran the numbers for this. Obviously, a slow day in the lab for <laughs> Tracy and Margot. But they calculated that to tip an unmoving, non-resisting cow would take about 1,360 newtons of force. Okay. 
a 10 or 11 stone person can produce around 660 newtons of force. So in a best case scenario, it would take two fully grown humans. And that would only be if the cow wasn't aware of your presence and was therefore sort of not resisting or bracing or anything like that. If the cow was aware of their presence and was going to resist, they reckon it would take at least five or six humans to bring it down, assuming it would stay there long enough for you to do that. Yeah, well, I mean, I have been up close to a cow. You know, our uncle, Alan. How you doing, Alan? Was a livestock haulier. behind the cow, wasn't it, in the the time that you were up close? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not getting into that right Right, now. But he was a livestock haulier. I spent a week working with him. Mm -hmm. There were cows in the, the, the... We moved cows. Yep. I mean, if you this is, goes without saying, I suppose, but if you've been up close to a cow, they are fucking enormous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea that you could push one over is fanciful at best. Mm. <laughs> and of course, they're like four-legged, so they got like really good, yeah. low, solid base and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, but hey, I was told that somebody had, and this is a really common. You find this all around the world. So most of the stuff I was reading earlier is all from America. Oh uh, well. So why is this a thing? How? Why? How has this become like a funny story? Who, in the, who was the first person to lie about pushing a cow over? I don't know. Who's the first person to milk a cow? Well, I mean, humans are mammals, so they would kind of know that milk would come from the mammary glands. So I'm, I don't think that's necessarily a, an unusual thing, that you might milk a cow. I don't know. Or that milk would be a palatable it. thing. Mm. It's weird that other animals haven't become... We don't tend, tend to milk other animals. No. It's like, you get... Goat's milk, I suppose, don't you? you Sheep's do. milk. Yep, yep. You make cheese from those. Mm. You never get, like, snake milk or anything, do you? Well, snake aren't, isn't a mammal, is it? It's not a mammal. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. You never Rats drink... milk? Rat's milk, yeah. Rat's milk. That's a good one. That's yeah. a much better one, yeah. <laughs> You'd have to get, like, you know, they have those machines that, yep. that milk a cow. You'd have to get a very, very small <laughs> version of it for... Hours for I have spent trying to milk my <laughs> snake. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those aren't others, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I suppose it's like the you know the first person to do many of these things, or the first person to come up with these stories. But, yeah, yeah, they came from somewhere, don't they? Indeed. Mm. Uh, anyway, that was all I had from like I could remember from specifically from school days. I definitely don't want to take the opportunity here to tell a story about something horrible that happened to a classmate or. I don't want to, you but you, you've I, got I, one. I don't want to, no. I just no. want to check that you definitely don't. No, I don't think I will. Okay. I mean, we, I, I, we, I, we could turn the recorder off and let's I can tell that. you loads of stuff. Okay, let's yeah. do that. Yeah. Let's do that, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to ring the bell. Okay. Now it is time to talk about the big one conspiracy theories. This is where it gets interesting. This is actually where we've got a lot of juicy stuff to talk about, isn't yeah. it? Now, I... I am a bit fascinated with conspiracy theories. I am a massive sceptic yes. about anything of, of, of that sort of nature. Yes, um, me too. So there's one that I've done a bit of work on because I actually came across some stuff I've never really heard about before, which sort of goes to sort of explain why sometimes people, uh, people's, I think the human mind likes to put patterns together and make up things Absolutely, like that. Yeah. But the the one that always amazes me that there are genuinely people who believe in it, is the flat earthers. Go on. So, I mean, you're familiar with the concept, yeah. So there's some people that are absolutely convinced that the earth is flat. Now, obviously, many, many years ago, everyone thought the earth was flat. But, of course, we now understand through geometry and we've gone into outer space. We've got photos of the earth as not being flat. But there are still some people who are absolutely convinced that it is flat. 
And they, it is just, you cannot reason with these people. And that they will just tie themselves up in, like, logical knots trying to... So when the, when people first realised about the, the, like, the movement of the planets and stuff, and once they started realising that the planets were all spheres and they were all orbiting each other, suddenly the observations they were making of stars and planets and things like that suddenly made loads of sense. But for the flat earthers, so basically they think that it's all flat and that the sun is like a, just a big sort of atomic thing that then moves around. That the the concept that they that they are clinging to is so unbelievably out there that the truth is a lot simpler. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> they just won't have it at all. And there's actually a really good documentary on Netflix called I think it's called Beyond the Curve. Okay. Or maybe Ahead of the Curve or something like that. But there's a fabulous bit in it. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. But all the way through it, there are some flat earthers who are trying to approach their flat earth theory, but scientifically. Okay. So fair play to them, you know, like they're trying to actually do science where do they're the trying science, to make yeah. observations to demonstrate their hypothesis. So they've got this thing. They're saying that they want to find a really flat area yes. and they want to get a really long distance. So a cl- like a, maybe it was a kilometre or even several kilometres. They want to get a powerful laser, put it completely perpendicular to the ground, yep. fire it. And if the Earth isn't flat, sorry, if the Earth is flat, then where the laser hits a, the point that they're aiming it at would be, would the be same. exactly the same yes, height. Perfect. Yep. Obviously, if the Earth is curved, then it's going to be higher up yep. because obviously the, it's, the actual thing is lower down over the curve sort of thing. Yes. So they've done this thing where they go to a, a lake. So they thought, stretch of water. You don't get perfect. any flatter than water. Yep, lake. Absolutely. So they get these pontoons and they set it up and they fire this laser and then the the board they've got set up mile, like kilometers away, they can't see the laser point on there. And they're like, and they're on the radios to each other on these pontoons. And they go, and this is the very end of the documentary. And remember, if the, <laughs> uh, if the Earth is curved, it will be higher yes. on the board. And they say they radio the guy with the lasers. Go. Just raise your board up a little bit, would you? <laughs> and they raise it up, and suddenly they see the laser, and the documentary ends with them going, "Huh?" <laughs> and it's just oh, brilliant, perfect. That's great. Yeah. Um, oh. But so there's other ones like that. So chemtrails as well. Are you familiar with that? I'm one? not. No. What's that? So you know where you get contrails from planes, which is just um, oh yes, vapor. Yes, you yes, know, yes. Air, you know um, water vapor. Yep. There are conspiracists who believe that that is a government conspiracy, basically, to pump nefarious like gases and Gosh, things like that, that into one. the atmosphere to control populations and right. stuff. And that's a really common one. I used to work with a woman and who she once brought this up with me. The first time I ever heard about it was her telling me about it. And she was convinced that, yeah, so when you see planes and you see all this vapour coming out the back, then, yeah, this is some, wow. you know, conspiracy thing and they're pumping nasty stuff into the atmosphere. And even the very first time I heard it, I was sort of trying to explain or trying to sort of work through with her. The effort, the logistics of this being true. So it's like all the people who work in the airport yeah. are in on this. Yeah. And the pilots are in on this. Yeah. And th- somehow, even though there must be tens of thousands of people complicit in this conspiracy, no one's ever breathed a word. Yeah, totally. And the out. one that I always, like, I always go back to is that Bill Clinton couldn't cover up the fact that he'd had sex with his intern, you know, when there was hardly anyone knew about it. Yeah. That, w- that was um, impossible to keep that in. 
with tens of thousands of people involved in totally. the conspiracy, it, it's just unthinkable that it could possibly be true. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? When the world, like, when you have things like Donald Trump and Brexit, yeah, it's like the idea that this is that there's a a there's a group of people that are controlling the world, whether they're lizards mm-hmm. or paedophiles or or yep. whatever. The idea that it's being controlled, it's absolute nonsense. It's fucking the world is a crazy unpredictable place it's the it's the the assumption of that much competence yeah that i i find I most unbelievable yeah imagine it's, <laughs> it's like that you like they think that these people are so good at what they do that they've never slipped up yeah they've never accidentally revealed themselves yeah. and the thought that any organization with that many people involved could be that good or yeah. be that competent yeah unthinkable well, the one I was going to talk about kind of is, is a similar sort of territory to having how many people would need to be involved in it. Mm-hmm. The moon landing. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean... Preach, brother. Go, <laughs> go for it. Well, there's a theory. And I think it, I'd read that it was the Flat Earth Society who were, who were part of this, mm-hmm. accusing NASA yep. in 1980, apparently, of, of hoaxing it. It was sponsored by Walt Disney, according to their, oh, their really? theory. Oh, well, there's um, loads of... Uh, there's, he's got his own conspiracy theories, like his head's buried yes, underneath like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney World or whatever, um, yeah. It was based on a script by Arthur C. Clarke. Oh, okay. And directed by Stanley Kubrick. And I think a lot of that comes back to the fact he directed 2001. Oh, so sorry, you mean that so all the things you hear about One Small Step, that, that or, Arthur C. Clarke wrote Wrote the script, script right? yeah, okay. yeah, and Stanley Kubrick directed it. That's so funny, because when you hear the radio transcripts, it's all kind of really banal sort of military talk, you know? Yeah. And there's like there's loads and loads of stuff about how it couldn't possibly be the case. And all the, all the things that like, they, the, the, the conspiracy theorists suggest um, are reasons why it couldn't have happened have all been this is disproved. The, this is the thing. I, I don't know if I, I've ever met a genuine moon landing denier. This is, if I ever did, though, this is what I want to ask them. What level of space travel do they buy? Yeah. Like, do they believe that we have sent rockets out of the atmosphere? Do they believe that, that men have, like, or humans have been in those rockets and have left the atmosphere? I mean, do they believe that we have orbited the moon? Because it strikes me that if all, they, they kind of say, yeah, okay, well, I, I believe there are By rockets that, yeah. that can leave the atmosphere, that to then we got got all the way to the moon. Doesn't yeah. seem like that much of a stretch. No, quite. If they're willing to believe... The, the most the more amazing thing is that we've invented a rocket that could even get out yeah. of the atmosphere in the first place. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, anyway. And I'd read somewhere that if the, if the moon landing was a conspiracy, then more than 400,000 people would have been involved in it. And it was probably easier to fly a rocket to the moon and land it with yep. men on it yep. than it is to keep a conspiracy of 400,000 people secret. Of, of the two, yeah, that, <laughs> the latter is by far the most likely to have yeah. happened. Absolutely. And I read a good quote about conspiracy theories that anyone who believes in conspiracy theories has clearly never tried to organise a dinner out with more than six people. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> in in this, the, the Flat Earth documentary I mentioned, though, somebody, one of the people being interviewed on it, who wasn't one of the conspiracy theorists, he was he was quite generous, I think, but I, he did actually make a good point. It's that these conspiracy theorists could have a really useful part in society, or even in science. 
scepticism is a huge part of science. You want to be able to say, right, this Absolutely. is this is an this is an experiment we've done. This is a study we've done. You want people with really sceptical minds to take that apart. Absolutely. So actually they could have a really interesting role in science. It's just, if we could just harness their scepticism and push it in some sort of a useful sort of direction. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think there's also some of it is that there's this whole thing about if you don't believe in conspiracy theories, then you're just buying into the... The narrative that the government want you to yeah. to believe in. Wake up, sheeple. That's exactly it. Yeah, and it's like okay, but then you're just buying into this other completely mm. different conspiracy theory. This other completely different theory that you you don't have any evidence for this. You're just yep. basically because you want it to be true. You'd like it to be exactly to be true. And they're so deaf to and, and like, when you see the 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 plans and there are sometimes they make models like the flat earthers about how they think what they think the world, world does actually look like. And how they think the sun is done, basically, this huge light in the sky that's moved around. And the complexity of what they're trying to explain. Like I said, they have to just tie themselves up in knots to, yeah. to, to say what they can actually observe to make it fit their model. Yeah. And actually, the real model is, Makes sense. is beautiful in its simplicity, you know, yeah. and the maths just works. Yeah, but it's also, it's like, the, it's, it's complicated, isn't it? You have to have faith in the scientists. You and I do not know yeah. whether someone landed on the moon yeah. or whether the Earth is is flat or not. We haven't. Well, we, we haven't done this. It, you know. Yeah, we haven't done the maths, mm-hmm. but um, we have faith that there are people out there that have done it, and we believe them. Yep. Whereas these conspiracy theorists are just believing some bloke on the internet. Absolutely. It's something. It's not. A peer-reviewed journal it's not exactly an expert it's just some it, guy it, a lot of people normally is a guy i imagine but a lot of people just don't understand what scientific methodology is yeah and it's like it's not a nefarious thing it's just a yeah. it's just a simple set of rules to establish the truth of exactly. things or close to the truth and of most of the possible. time it's not like they are the scientists are saying i believe this therefore it is true yep. they are testing it they are proving it and sometimes the science changes you can have like you know Newton believe something and Einstein changes it Absolutely. and we move on science all science is is the best guess we've got of something yeah. based on the data that we've been able to collect but yeah. if we can collect new data we can yeah. come up with new theories but yeah that is a bit of a bugbear of mine this is one i've got though so jfk assassination thoughts on that well yeah yeah what, was it lee harvey oswald yeah again you've we've just used all of my quick mm. fires <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we've both read the book American Tabloid. Yeah, so that does make quite a compelling yeah. uh, case, doesn't it? <laughs> Even a... though it's a work of fiction. Yeah. Um, yeah, just so you know. So, so James Elroy. James Elroy. It's my favourite author. But yeah, this this book basically go, leads up to the JFK assassination. And it basically posits it was all CIA and mob and people. It was and, everyone, basically. Yeah. <laughs> everyone it, apart from Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> and it was all to do with the fact that they wanted casinos in Cuba. Yeah. And JFK wasn't going to go and take Cuba back so they could get their casinos back. Yeah, the Bay of Pigs was a failure and therefore, yeah, he had to go. But it does make a compelling case, doesn't it? I mean, it is a conspiracy theory. Yeah, absolutely. But I do kind of believe it. I kind of believe that as well. (laughs) And also the thing I I remember seeing once somebody, it was like a ballistics expert, and he was trying to explain that with the gun he had and the distance and the fact that it was moving car... 
that it's almost impossible to think, not entirely impossible, yeah. but wholly improbable yeah. that he could have shot him three times with that rifle in that time frame at that distance. So, I mean, we've just been spending the last however many minutes slagging off conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Yet we are kind of saying well, that we think we believe this well, one. What about this, though? So here's some interesting stuff. So I found some links between the Kennedy and the Lincoln assass- uh, assassinations. Yep. Check these out for coincidences. I mean, you tell me whether you think this is possibly this could be anything other than significant. I will tell you. Kennedy and Lincoln, both seven letters. <gasps> no. Both elected to Congress in forty six and president in sixty, although eighteen forty six and eighteen uh, nineteen forty six and then eighteen sixty and nineteen sixty. Gotcha. Yep, but yep. still, still, this is really stacking up now. Both assassins, Johns Wilkes, Wilkes Booth and Lee Harvey Oswald, born in 39, again, 1839, respectively, yeah. and known with three names, and the three names add up to 15 letters. I mean, come, come on, on, we're blowing this wide open now. Wilkes ran from a theatre and was caught in a warehouse. Oswald ran from a warehouse and was caught in a theatre cinema. Although I have actually seen recently that John Wilkes Booth, of course, he did run from a theatre because that's where yep. Lincoln was assassinated. But apparently he was found in a farm by oh, well, something. Okay. So that one doesn't actually work. Both were Southerners. Both president's successors were called Johnson and were born in 08. Hang on. Both were Southerners? Like wasn't... Southern, like... I thought... Uh, oh, yeah. Kennedy, Kennedy was, from, was Boston, from Boston, yeah. He? All right. Screw that. Oh, no, I think... No, no, no. John Wilkes Booth and Lee Harvey Oswald were both both Southerners. Yeah, sorry. Carry on. Lincoln and Kennedy both ran on civil rights platforms. True, yeah. Both shot in the head on a Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And both Wilkes and Oswald killed before they could go to court. Well, there you go. It's stacked... When you see it stacked up like that, it Mm. actually does make you think, doesn't it? It does. It does. It makes you think there's a lot of bullshit. That's what it makes me think. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, I think that's probably covered what we needed to for conspiracy theories. I think we've covered a lot of ground there. We have. Here yeah. we go. So one element of apocryphal tales that we haven't really covered yet in today's, in today's sec- sections is what is technically known as cryptids. Cryptids. You heard of that phrase before? Only because you mentioned it to me <laughs> before we started recording. So, before uh, that, no. <laughs> so this is the, um, the the sort of the name of the sort of study of it, if you like, would be uh, cryptozoology. It's um, basically made up animals, right? Okay. So your Bigfoots, your Yetis. Gotcha. Uh, but but what I wanted to talk about today, which is my favourite cryptid, is the Loch Ness monster. Oh, fantastic. The fact that there is still this myth going on, and in our own country as well, I know, is quite charming. I think so. Here's here's some stuff. So I've got some facts about the actual out Loch Ness because there's some. Pre- it's a pretty impressive body of water. You're going to be not only have you spoiled all of my quickfires, you're going to be spo- spoiling the quiz now. Oh no! <laughs> oh well, I couldn't. Give me some facts. Give me some facts. Well, here's the facts I've got. So it holds an estimated two hundred and sixty-three billion cubic feet of water bullshit i don't believe that for a second its deepest parts are over eight eight hundred feet 243 meters deep well that does spoil one of the questions oh twice the average depth of the north sea it hold. this is the thing that was always that, that absolutely blew my mind when i heard this 
Loch Ness holds more water than all the lakes, rivers and reservoirs in the whole of England and Wales combined. Yes, I've read this fact. It's a, it's a good one, isn't it? It is a really good <laughs> fact. It seems so unlikely, doesn't it? It's big enough to fit every person in the world ten times over in. I don't believe that. Now, that's just sounds like that's a tragedy waiting to happen. <laughs> we talk about climate change or nuclear war being the greatest threat to mankind, but nobody's talking about the drowning threat of Loch Ness, are they? They're not. Ten times over we could lose the population of the Earth on. No. Going back to the debunking thing, this is why Loch Ness Monster is probably not true. So firstly, the descriptions of the monster differ wildly. So that's always, you know... Well, people probably saw him in the dark, just a little flashing sight of him. I mean, I I think that's still... I'd I'd still believe it. Or maybe he just changes his look from time to time. Maybe maybe in the 70s he had the sort of like the big mohawk. Yeah. Maybe in the 80s he had like the flock of seagulls style. Mullet. He had the mullet at some point as well. um, So the descriptions of the monster differ wildly. So that's always a bit of a giveaway that this thing isn't no, true. I'm not having it yet. But you're not having it. No. Fair enough. Okay. There's never been a reliable sighting of it. Well, so, it's such a big lock. It's so <laughs> it, deep. It's deep, but it's not, you know, it's like on the surface, it's not that big, really. Excuse me, go back to one of your facts, all of the other lakes, rivers and reservoirs because in the so country. Because it's so deep. It's the depth of that. Well, not exactly. The, yeah, but that, you, won't, you won't sight it when it's down deep. You'd only... You know, well, you could go underwater and have a look. I guess. I guess. I suppose you could do that. Many cryptozoologists claim that Lessie is a plesiosaur, which is a type of dinosaur. You know the one? It looks a bit like a Diplodocus or Diplodocus, but it's got flippers rather yeah, than legs. You know, the one, long neck, long neck, little head sort and of And they got stuck in the lock at the end of the last ice age. Well, this is it. So plesiosaurs are said to have been extinct for 65.5 million years. So the problem, this is the real problem, is that there's no remains have been found. So if there had been a like plesiosaurs living in the lock, which there must have been, where Nessie is just the latest, like the most recent one in the lineage of that, we would see all of Nessie's dead relatives. And this is the thing with Loch Ness. It's got a really flat bottom. So we... So have you. <laughs> we must hold it against them, right? <laughs> so hang on. Do you want me to hold my flat bottom against you? No, thank okay. you. No, no. So hang on, just for a second, let's just wind that back. Sure. We're saying that there's lots of Nessies, not just one Nessie that's been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah, because plesiosaurs don't live forever. They live for, I don't know how long they live for, Uh, but I assume they live for like 100 years, maybe, because they're given their size. But, you know, over 65, there must have been a lineage of them. Yeah, you're putting a different light on it for me now. Maybe, maybe you're right. So if there was all these dead ones, and apparently Loch Ness has got a really flat bottom, so it's really... Right, if you do that again, I'm going to edit. I'm going to edit the third one out. The first two can stay because, quite legit, that was quite funny. Fair enough. But yeah, if you do it again, I'm going to edit it. Out. But what if I do it with really good comic timing and it's well? It's funny. I, I'm going to give you the opportunity okay. now. So, because Loch Ness has got such a flat bottom, go on. <laughs> it's it's really easy to dredge. Yeah, just like your bottom. <laughs> So it just means that if there whatever there is to find, have they dredged it though? Yeah, yeah, it's been done, and they've not found any bones. Like, yeah, but the dredgers are in on it, aren't they? Of course they are. (laughs) It's always the dredgers. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Scottish dredgers. They're they're the worst, aren't they? Ugh. Um, Ugh. (laughs) 
So, yes, we've not found any remains, basically, bones or fossils or anything. So since the 1970s, scientists have dredged, scooped and explored the floor of the lock. The floor is flat, which makes it ideal for finding bones with these methods. And none have been found. Answer me that, Neil. Yes, okay, you've convinced me. Here we go. Loch Ness isn't big enough to support a creature that size. Now, this doesn't seem right. Doesn't, does it? No, I haven't even said the thing yet. (laughs) Just hold up. Loch Ness isn't big enough to support the creature that size. There are estimates that there are around 22 tonnes of fish in the lake. That doesn't seem enough for a lake that size, does 22 it? 22 tonnes. Of fish. I mean, that's quite a lot of fish, but yeah. given the size, but it might just be sparsely populated by fish. Yeah, okay. But anyway, that wouldn't or be... Or they're scared of the monster. Well, they should be, because that would be the monster's only source of food, but that's not enough food. Not enough for, to for keep a, it going. Not for that particular monster, no. Is it vegetarian? Mm, well, herbivore. I, I think animals go by the <laughs> herbivore moniker rather than vegetarian or vegan. Yeah, I think it's probably a vegan, uh, vegan. A vegan like yeah. aquatic vegan dinosaur. Yeah. So the creature is usually described as a reptile. So certainly a plesiosaur would have been reptilian. Yes. And the lock is just too cold for a reptile. Uh, Reptiles just wouldn't live if yes. you have to live in that. Uh, Loch Ness was completely covered in ice. Which is kind of poo pooing on my it previous does, thing, but completely. bear in mind that was during an ice age, so it was actually it was much colder. Mm, I'll time. allow it, but <laughs> thanks. I don't know <laughs> physics. Yeah, I guess I, I guess we'll let physics be okay on this episode. It was completely covered in ice till around eighteen thousand years ago, so there couldn't have been anything like that living in there no. more recently than so. But then, so it's only got there after that. But that particular, like, if it was that dinosaur, the plesiosaur, they died out. 65 million years before that. Yeah. Doesn't make any, okay. just doesn't make any sense. But what sense if it now? didn't always live in the lock? But there's no other way it could get in. Why not? Because I don't think there's any tributary. tributary. What about Loch Lomond? It could have walked from Loch Lomond. It could have walked from Loch Lomond, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Even though there are accounts of a monster in the lake dating back to the Picts, so like real ancient Scottish tribal people, the most recent sightings especially the ones where it's described as a dinosaur, started in the 1930s. And this, remember, the 1930s was a time where there were lots of books and films depicting prehistoric creatures running amok. Notably, Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World and the film King Kong. This is it, isn't it? And that's really it. So that in 19, is really it. That, it was very zeitgeisty, basically, in, 19, yep. in the 1930s. Yep. And that's really when the Lost Loch Ness conspiracy that, that we know now first started. Yeah, and people want these things to be true, don't they? Here's the kicker, though. This is the last thing I'm going to say. This is why it's complete bullshit. It's estimated the myth draws in a million tourists a year pulling an estimated 25 million into the local economy. Wow. There's your answer. There you go. There's your monster. There's your monster. It's the monster of commercialism. Yeah. That's the Loch Ness monster. Rearing. Ding the bell. There's nothing more to say. All right. I, I will ding the bell, <laughs> but because I want to, not because you're telling me to. So we're coming to my quickfires. That's me, Neil. I sometimes wonder if people know when we say me... Whether they know who we're talking about. Yeah, I, I've been told that our voices sound quite similar, yeah. but I think people can differentiate us. Do you think so? Neil's the deep, sultry voice, and mine's more the squeaky, the squeaky annoying one. one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, so we've covered some of this already. I might just... Actually, I might do 
more than three because I think they're going to be super quick. What? So, first one. All right. Loch Ness Monster, yes or no? Let's let's give you a definitive answer. Well, it's got to be a no, hasn't it's it? It's a no. It's got to be a for, 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 I could, Do you want me? I've got. Do you want me to go through no, it no, all no, again? No, okay. no, no, no. Number two, who shot JFK? One word answer. <laughs> the, the the mafia. The mafia. They were certainly in on it, weren't they? Yep. Do you believe the moon landings really happened? I do. You do, yeah. Yep. Okay. Ever seen a crop circle? No. No. Okay. And <laughs> who would have been in a fight, Yeti or Bigfoot? Where? Is it is is it in the Arctic or is it in the in like the redwoods of California? Well, I don't think either of them live in the Arctic, do they? I thought the Yeti. Oh no, it's Nepal, isn't Nepal, it? Nepal, yeah, 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 Himalayas. Himalayas. What if it was in the middle? What if it was like Europe, <laughs> like in sort of, <laughs> say Berlin? <laughs> in Berlin, in a sports centre in Berlin, <laughs> in a car park in a pub. In yeah, Berlin. that sort of thing. Yeah, <clears throat> I I'm going to go Yeti. Why? <laughs> Because I reckon that I think it's used to living in a more hostile environment, so I just think it'd be brick hard. You know, like Northerners. You know, like we're scared of Northerners. No, because they're brick hard because they they're so cold up north oh, and stuff. Okay, and yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that a Bigfoot would be scared of a Yeti for the same reason. Okay, then that's my quickfire's done. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I feel like we should pad it out a bit. No, I'm just going to ring the bell. Ring the bell. Time for my quick fires to Neil now. Mine aren't be quite as quick, quick, snappy quick fires as Neil's were, but here we go. If you woke up in a bath full of ice in a hotel room missing one organ, what organ would you most hope is missing? Is your appendix an organ? It is, but you've already had yours removed, that so is you, true. Can't, you can't answer that. <laughs> that that would be my answer. And and also, I wonder how much a, an appendix goes for on the black market. Probably not very not much. much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be your heart or your lungs. <laughs> it could be your skin, the largest organ. Oh, I don't want my skin. No, you wouldn't removed. want that, no. I mean, it's probably going to be a kidney, isn't it? Because you've, you've got to... Although, yeah, you're probably right. Because I'm just thinking the liver, they could take a little bit of your liver. Like, you can transplant. You don't, you don't need a whole liver to be transplanted. To no. You need one. But, yeah, you're right. I think kidney. You, kidney. you, only, you only need one. Yeah. Although, it's nice to know that you've... We've both got, you know, potentially a, a kidney trans, transplant that we could have. I would totally give you my kidney if, it, if you needed it. it. Would you give me your kidney if you only had one left? No. Yeah, exactly. No, no. So it's, you've got to think about me, whether I'm going to give your other kidney away. That takes my backup away, if you see what it, I mean. Your backup, yeah, mm. that's true. But you've still got two kidneys in this scenario, right? Yeah, at the moment, yeah. yeah so I'm still saying kidney still then. Fine. <laughs> Next one. Have you ever believed in a conspiracy theory? And if so, which one? So which conspiracy theory would you most potentially be on board with, I suppose? Well, I guess it goes back to what we've already talked about with JFK, because I I mean, the sort of common, most popular opinion, I think, is that Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone gunman who just decided to kill JFK. I don't think that's true. No, and the whole Jack Ruby killing him, it, that just doesn't seem it doesn't likely. Make sense, it makes does no it? sense it at all. It doesn't make any sense. Completely out of character for him. Yeah. And he, it, and he was a mob, he was involved in the mob. Yeah, we are getting a bit conspiracy theory like him. Well, we, we are, aren't we? We could maybe do a separate podcast about this now. We possibly could. I would be interested in doing that, potentially. But I totally think the reason I believe all this stuff about JFK is because of that book, American Tabloid. Yeah. 
It's a brilliant book. It's a, it is amazing. It's my favourite book. And it doesn't. This is it's, the fact we're talking about the, it in the terms of JFK is a bit of a mm-hmm. spoiler, isn't it? Because you don't even realise it's mm-hmm. about the JFK assassination. True. Not talk, until yeah. quite far through it. Yeah, it's quite quite late on that 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 mission sort of starts. And it it totally warrants rereading because when you're rereading it, knowing what it's about, yeah. you're like, oh my yeah, god, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, so that's it. JFK assassination. <clears throat> Excellent. And finally, then. If having a rib removed to enable you to give yourself a blowjob was available on the NHS, would you get the surgery? I would. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for your candour. (laughs) Quiz time. Oh, nice to hear Paul's voice. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's almost like he's here at, in the end. He's made the effort, he's finally. Made, yeah. I've missed him, I have to say. Have you? Yeah. I'm not sure I have. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, so to talk about. You might have heard the last of Paul. Something to talk about, anyway, yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, we, we would have to we'd have to get new T-shirts made up. Oh, okay. Have to change, oh. Or you just have to change your name to Paul by Deedpole. Mm. That's the solution. That's, not... We'll do that. No, 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 we'll do that. Okay, we'll talk about it off, off air. Anyway, tell me about the quiz. So we're going to do a quiz. Before we get going on the quiz, obviously, I'm going. we're only going to be doing it to Mark because Paul's not here. No, I assume that because Paul's not here, he's going to sort of... He's he's what's the word? He's defaulted. Defaulted. Well, and I'm just going to get the point on this, and I'm perfectly happy with that. Well, what he I should f- be fuck, he should be here. I think, and I that's so you got, I, it's got to be consequences. I wasn't quite going to do that. I mean, it's your it's your show, Mark. So you tell me. But what I'm what I'm suggesting is that I'll ask you five questions. Mm-hmm. If you get none right, yeah, then you've got the same amount as Paul. Yeah, yeah. So that's nil nil. Then there's the the, the tiebreaker. If Paul isn't here to answer the question, I'm going to assume his answer to the question is zero. It's, it's a number-based time tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. I'll assume his answer is zero. If you give me an answer that's further away from the actual answer than zero, okay. I say Paul wins. <laughs> I can't. There's no. I, I can't have Paul win, and he's not even fucking here. Neil, come on. Oh, but, right, let's let's do it. Let's let's do but it. But what I would say is that the tiebreaker, the answer to the tiebreaker, has already come up in in the pod right but this is only if i get zero on the original one yes and if i get any so if i get anything right in the original in the normal questions yes. i get the point you get the point you, fine yeah. yeah yeah great happy and with if that. you were to get the, the t- if you were to lose the tiebreaker yeah then you're a fucking idiot and you deserve to lose fine under those circumstances yeah you then accept my proposal i do that that's fine oh my god i can't believe paul could still fucking win this well it adds a little a tiny <laughs> tiny bit of jeopardy doesn't it i don't want jeopardy i want points and Je- also, I Jeopardy would say, whatever you sleep at night, is it? Whatever you and I agree here today, yeah. Paul is going to fundamentally disagree with when he. When I he couldn't comes give back. a shit what Paul disagrees with. Okay. If, he, if he had a problem with it, he should be here for the record, shouldn't he? He should. Yeah. He should. Right. I hope that he's not got something terrible that's happened. To oh, him. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. he, didn't, he didn't say that. No. But I'm assuming it's nothing that bad. No, he's probably just got a family pie. Or he just said it was he? double booked. Yeah. It was weird. He didn't say what it was actually. Mm. Anyway, anyway, well, maybe we'll find out next episode. To the actual content of the quiz itself, yeah, I've heard from more than one person, mm-hmm. you and Nathan, mm-hmm. the last episode's quiz wasn't very. Good. In all fairness, though, that's like one out of I don't know how many quizzes you've done now, like 12, 11, 12 What's the quizzes? score? It's oh, that's a good point. It's twelve. It's eight point five to four point five. So I think you've probably done twelve, thirteen, or thirteen. 
I can't remember. Anyway, because there's been some half points point five, as well, I haven't think. there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd say 13 there. Okay. So, yeah, one bad quiz out of 13 isn't too bad, is mm. it? I had a few different thoughts about what to do with this quiz. Okay. I ran out of time to do any of it. Fair enough. I actually, you've got two kids, you're a busy man, I understand. I, yeah, I stole this quiz from a website called howstuffworks.com. Well, at least you owned up and you've and you've given them the, the plug. It's quite a good website. Okay. It had quite a lot of stuff about, about urban legends and mm-hmm. conspiracy theories on it. So if you're out there, which you are, because you're listening, <laughs> have a listen. It's, uh, have a look. It's pretty good. Or even if you're in there. If you're in there, <laughs> whatever. Have a have a have a look. So it's I've got I've gone back to basics okay. because that's what they've done. <laughs> and five questions, mm-hmm. all multiple choice, mm-hmm. all about urban legends and, and whatnot. Right, hit me. So question number one. Yep. I don't need to write anything down. Presumably. You don't. No, no, just okay. answer. Where would you find a ghost called the Suscon Screamer? Is it Australia, Pennsylvania, or Transylvania? Suscon Screamer. And what were the options again? It is Australia, yeah. Pennsylvania, yeah. or Transylvania. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Australia. The answer is Pennsylvania. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> God, I can't believe Paul might beat me. Come on. It's a jilted bride mm-hmm. supposedly hung herself from a bridge on Suscon Road... And people who visit the area may hear her tortured cries. Oh, maybe. They may. <laughs> okay. Right. Number two. What happens to women who encounter the spirit of the avenging Greek soldier who was murdered at the end of World War Two? Do they get pregnant? Do they get married immediately? Or do they die? Well, before you gave any answers, if this wasn't multiple choice, I would have said get pregnant. So I'm going to go with my gut and go get pregnant. That, Mark, is the correct answer. Come on! <laughs> I've got a point! Apparently they get pregnant and it's part of the soldiers' plans for revenge that any sons that are born will grow up to avenge their murdered father. Yeah, that's that's like a nice... From that dead soldier, yeah. I think he's got that right. I think he's got that absolutely right. Yep, that's yep. what you do as well. Yep. Right. What does the slit-mouthed woman supposedly say as she roams the earth, looking for peace? Does she say, Do you like my smile? (laughs) Or, Am I pretty? (laughs) Or, Visit me in the dark? (laughs) I'm going to say... I don't know. I mean, they're all very, very... Unsettling. <laughs> yeah, right yeah. I'm going to go, am I pretty? <gasps> That's right. Yay! Yes, yeah. Come on. I've got no sort of background on that. Oh, I just... wonder if Paul hears this. He he could do the quiz as well. And if he, he was could. honest, I'm not going to give it, even if he beats him, I'm not going to give him the no, point. But it'd be point. interesting to know whether I might have beaten him legitimately anyway. But... I don't. Just don't find out. Just take the point. <laughs> I'm going to take the point, whatever. Don't yeah, worry okay, about that. Okay, okay. <laughs> So you got two, Mark. Woohoo! You, got two. you have got two. Two Yay. out of three. Yay! That's a good score. Yeah. Yeah. By your standards. <laughs> All right. Good fine, Neil. <laughs> a bit of like impartiality. Come on. All right, question four. True or false? 50-50. Oh, 50-50. Yep. The daddy long-legged spider is one of the world's most venomous spiders, but its fangs are too small to inject venom into humans. Oh, now I, I have heard that. 
But, but have you heard it as an urban myth? Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. see, you see what we're doing. <laughs> I've got. A f- I think I'm going to go. It doesn't really matter, does it? But let's go. I think it's true. It's false. Oh, yep. okay. There are two arachnids. Many people call Daddy Longlegs, the Harvestman, and the. Oh my God! I can't say that. Falsid house spider. Oh. Harvestmen have no venom. Mm-hmm. And the falsed spiders have venom, but they're of a typical strength. Okay, right. Okay, maybe that's what maybe that's the what I've heard then that they are venomous, but they just can mm. bite a human sort of thing. But maybe, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. All right. Enough. Question five: Who created the well to hell? <laughs> oh, I think I know this. Okay. Well, I've got options. Do you want me? Go. To... Yeah. Go no. on. Actually, can I say beforehand? Well. Oh, go on. No, go on. Give us the give us the thing. Do your thing. Go. On. <laughs> okay. Why don't you write it down? Right, I'm not. I won't accept it as your formal answer, but fine. But I suppose you might as well have just okay. said it, won't you? Okay, go on. Is it Cubans, Russians, or Americans? And I've written down the bottom of the page. Russians, Russia. Russia. Yeah. Russia. It is Russia. Yeah. Yep. I came across this earlier when I was doing some well, research. Nice, good. It's like a eight mile deep well that they've drilled. Well, yeah. Through, it, it says that they built this massive well in Siberia that went so deep it punctured the ceiling to hell, and a winged angel. angel a winged demon, sorry. Yeah. A winged demon emerged. Yep. And that winged demon, winged demon's name was Vladimir Putin. <laughs> oh, bit of politics. Bit of politics for you there. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So that was three out of five. Three out of five. I'd be interested to know what Paul would have got if he if he does this. He he'll probably not even listen to this. <laughs> you don't think so? He might. He probably will actually. That'd be scandalous. Indeed. But excellent. Any, anything? Oh, you got the tiebreaker as well. Should the we tiebreaker was how deep is Loch Ness at its deepest point. Oh, so what do they have, about 800 feet, I think? Could you give it to me in metres, please? About 230 metres. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. There you go. There you go. Great stuff. Smashed it. Well, that's really perked me up. I couldn't so what's be the score now? It's now f- I've got 5.5 and Paul's got 8.5. So if Paul doesn't turn up for the next three episodes, <laughs> you could draw a level. That would be amazing. Excellent. I'm really rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, no, I'm too completely impartial, sorry. I'm gonna completely ding the, impartial. I'm going to ding the bell on that. So that concludes this week's episode of Mark and Paul's Opinion Hour. Sans Paul, but avec Quizman Neil. So and I think Neil's done a fabulous job. What isn't apocryphal is that I've had an awful lot of fun tonight. Neil. <laughs> well, that's nice, mate. Thanks, yeah. mate. Yeah. Very nice. And also, what is not apocryphal is we just we could do without Paul, I reckon. Well, I, don't think we... I mean, let's not be too hasty. Let's Let's do the edit. I think, I think Listen what, back. I think what's important, most important, is that Paul now knows that we 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 can do this without him. We don't him. need him. Yeah. So maybe that might focus his mind a bit You're to actually right. turn up for That's records right. in future. It's interesting that we couldn't do it without you, isn't it? What and what I want to know is that, you know, next time, whatever it is he's doing tonight, and mm. again, if it's something horrible that's happened, I do apologise. Yeah. But, we hope you're okay, Paul. Yeah, we do hope you're okay. But thinking of you. Next time something crops up, it'll be them that gets the text going, Oh, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I'm double booked because I've got an, a podcast recording. Oh, you'll just maybe think it's in totally safe hands. You can just you know, pop in whenever he fancies it. Leave it to us. Maybe. Leave it to the the Baron Brothers. Yeah, leave it to the old BBs. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, I think that's all we got. So, oh, one last little reminder. We would love to hear your opinions about this. What you may have noticed on this episode, and because we're going to do things slightly different, you might have noticed that we've done it a bit differently today in terms of length of podcast, length of segments, etc. So we tried something a little bit new today. But anyway, if you have any thoughts about that, if you thought it was too short as an episode, if you thought the segments were too short or about right and you like the changes, do let us know. And this is how you can contact us. So, if you've got any thoughts about this episode or future episodes or previous episodes, please, please send us an email. We love to receive your correspondence. Did you miss Paul? Was did, it better without him? Did you miss Paul? Or did you, do you prefer it with Paul, prefer it out? Because, hey, if we get enough of a consensus from our listenership, then... That joker is out on his ass. I can tell you that straight away. Mark and Neil's opinion hour well, at we, gmail.com. We will have to talk about that. Maybe we should just get the domain name just in case. <laughs> Maybe we should just do that indeed. Yep, just yep. in case. Anyway, with that, I think we're going to let you go. Thank you so much for listening again. <laughs> we will be back sometime in the not too distant future with another episode. Do keep listening. Subscribe, comment, email us if you like, and have a wonderful time in the in between now and then. Bye. Bye.